Scott. It turns out we might have been right all along. <laughs> we were right. <laughs> we were. We were right. It appears coming out of Giants camp, it's nearly official. Daniel Jones stinks. <laughs> right, the Giants play tonight, right? I know. Yeah, that's so weird, right? Yeah. Against the Patriots. And I think everybody is supposed to play. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to see how much Daniel Jones plays. Like, is he treated like, hey, we need to see you? Or like, oh, we don't want to get you hurt before the regular season starts. Right. My vote is, hey, we need to see you. Right. We do need to see you. Yeah. And if you get hurt. (laughs) Right. Tough luck. (laughs) Right. I don't know. I'm not rooting for him to get hurt, to be clear. But. Yeah. As long as it's not life-threatening, I don't know that I would be terribly disappointed. I guess it's like uh, uh, there's almost some like silver lining to like there being no positive Daniel Jones news. You know, I mean, I I don't know. I don't want to overreact to anything at a camp, but it's just like there's been no positive Daniel. Like no one seems to feel he's looked particularly good. I've been seeing some whispers that like, oh, you know, it was this neck injury because it was a pretty vague and like neck problem that like cost him all the rest of last season and that stuff doesn't generally just like go away or get better and you know like there's a loss of velocity like you know people are headed there like what's going like it's not even like because the issue with daniel jones has usually been like decision making fumbling interceptions it's now it's like he's not throwing the ball very well No, I think this is an outstanding outcome for Daniel Jones, simply in that the last two years, it's been almost from August through December. What is he? Is he good? Does he stink? Could he be good? Is he a total bust? I just want to get out of that zone. Whether we go to he fully stinks or he's awesome, I just want to stop asking what his actual ability level is. And I think that's an outcome that's good for the Giants Obviously, it's better if he was awesome, but him being terrible is better than him being like, Meh. yeah. But like, how do I get invested in this season without anything, any stakes with Daniel Jones? Like, let's say Tyrod Taylor ends up playing. What am I doing? <laughs> no, that's a good question. I, I think Tyrod Taylor ends up playing. You have opportunities to get excited about maybe the offense is just interesting. You know, maybe it's like we're not super competitive. We're not necessarily in the playoff race. But, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like there's ways to end your season with a bad year but a good vibe. And then there's what the Giants have been doing over the past couple of years, which is to end the season terrible and awful vibes all around. You know, and and I think that this is at least if we can end the season – okay, good vibes, possibly in a position to get a new quarterback for next year. That's not bad. Yeah. Maybe the defense looks better than expected. It's not off the table. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the best course of, maybe the best course of action is just don't be excited about the giants. Right. And then anything we get will be house money. 
I like, I just, I don't even know how to watch, like what to watch for this year. Like, I don't know what I'm trying, what I want them to go do. Like, yeah. Right. Cause I don't even know. Like, it seems like Saquon is actually going to be a lot better. I'm really looks hopeful. Good. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then in that instance too, what are we rooting for? It's then we'll have to pay them. Right. And will they? Right. Yeah. 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 So which I would be know. a terrible move. Like it'd be almost, no if question. he has a good year, like you trade him or whatever, like, right. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like you want the tackles to look good. But like, I can't watch a football season hoping the tackles look good, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Thibodeau, I guess we want him to look good. That's yeah. something. That's something. Right. Um, Thibodeau, we got some young guys in the secondary. Yeah, if, yeah. if they turned out to be something, that would be extremely helpful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, you're right. It's just, it sucks. Yeah. But at this point, I kind of want Tyrod Taylor to play. Just let Tyrod play. We paid the guy. He's not terrible. Right. He's a bridge loan. Could use it. Brian, let me tell you what you need to be excited about this football season. Yes. Nady. <laughs> what? Yeah. What's the phone? Only if he says hello to me. Um, um, here's what you need to be excited about this season, Brian. You live in a house now. That house is in Connecticut. You have a yard. You, what you're looking forward to is home tailgates. That's true. I, am, be- I mean, I'm excited about that. Yeah, like I'm excited yeah. about Nate. I think we'll watch the Giants games this year. Yeah. That'll be fun. Um it's wonderful, but so you can have just like a little more to drink, a little more to eat than you normally would, right? Right. Because you know, not going anywhere, <laughs> right? And it's not you have to be like locked in, you know. Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's your ticket. And look, I think even if Daniel Jones is our starter, I think regardless, Daniel Jones is our starter. Tyrod Taylor is our starter. We, I, I have a good feeling that we will actually score touchdowns this season. Right. Even if we lose, we'll score touchdowns, which is a major step up from last year. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, cause it's just interesting. Like, I, again, you know, these are just like practice reports and all that, but it is like, it is starting to make sense. Like this stuff about Tyra, you know, Oh, like could Tyrod Taylor supplant him earlier than we think? Like, yep. And the Jimmy G odds. Yeah. Like, it's not just that Daniel, there might be something wrong with Daniel Jones. Like, because the only thing with him is like that he was talented. Like, <laughs> you know, now if he isn't, <laughs> yeah, then there's really not much. Uh, it's literally that, nothing. There's nothing to work with there. So yeah. like, um, yeah, I guess, right. I mean, at that point, like, yeah, Tyrod Taylor could give you a serviceable player. I just, again, it's like, then, right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the neck thing is so annoying, too, because one way or the other, it's a product of the chaos of the Joe Judge, Jason Garrett era. Because if he's actually hurt, why didn't we know the full extent of it last season? Like, it really did seem like, oh, he has a, a neck injury. 
so that we can sit him and not let him get beat up when we're clearly terrible and going nowhere and still hope that we can get one last good year out of him to really see what he was. Like, that's really what I thought was happening. If we're just finding out now that the neck thing might be real, it makes it even worse that, you know, we're still like pseudo committed to the guy. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was worrying the whole time because it just seemed like that's a lot of time to miss. And yeah, they had plenty of reason to keep playing him and his neck. Neck is not good, you know, like. um, And if he can't throw with the same velocity anymore, you know, yeah, then he becomes like a really uninteresting player. (laughs) Becomes. Again, it's like, I, I just don't know what I'm hoping, like, Tyrod Taylor comes in and plays well and like is fun, but you know, no one's like wants to come, you know, does he just keep us from like, I I know there's a few quarterbacks next year. I don't know. I just don't know what what the hell are they? Maybe that's where the Jimmy G comes in. Like maybe they're thinking, look, we're stuck in this place where we can't be bad enough to go get the quarterbacks we want. But we need something better than Tyrod Taylor. This is a guy who, like, we can be a playoff team with this guy. And so we're going to make that move. And then, yeah, at least they've got a quarterback they can sort of trust. And they're not stuck in, like, you know, literal no man's land, I guess. I mean... You know, or I just I wouldn't get the wisdom of sort of spending resources to get Jimmy G. While, like, look, if Tyrod is serviceable, let's say Saquon has a really good year, right? And then we could trade Saquon to somebody who's a legitimate contender. So now they have a good running back at the end of his contract to go on a playoff run. Let's say, you know, I don't know maybe some more tradable assets come about. Like, do we need, do we need both Kadarius, Tony and Wendell Robinson both? And then maybe we, you know, flip them into some draft picks that we can then trade in for a higher draft pick, but we still get a season where there's feels like progress and belief, because I think you're right. The other problem is, is we have one of the easiest schedules in the league this year. So I, I just don't see a scenario unless we play Daniel Jones the whole year and he really is hurt, that we're so terrible that we end up high enough to get one of those guys. But I don't know. I really want CJ Stroud, Brian. I know you do too, but... Yeah, desperately. The stakes are so much higher. (laughs) It's also what's frustrating is that like, if Gettleman was still the GM... It would just be like, yeah, who cares? Try and have the best season possible because we're not drafting <laughs> CJ Stroud. We're just not going to do that. Right. You know? But now we have a GM that I think might actually say like, hey, John, no, this guy's good. I know he might not be, <laughs> you know, a great golfer, but as a football player, he's excellent. So. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How about, I think what it comes down to is I I tell myself I'd given up on Daniel Jones, but I was really hoping 
that you were going to start hearing good things about Daniel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he was going to come in and it was going to be like, man, in this new offense, like, boy, he's looked sharp fourth year, like something, you know, and to just have it be like, not only not that, but it's just like, oh, he's been terrible. He's looked <laughs> awful. Like, wait, is he hurt? Is he? <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Right. Jesus Christ. What are we doing? <laughs> Jimmy G, Tyrod Taylor, okay. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, what are what sort of food is Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor and Jimmy G? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Daniel Jones is just a really disappointing order. <laughs> It's like, yeah, right. When you get the beef stroganoff at the diner. and you're- Daniel Jones is like when you, yeah, like you talked yourself out of what you really wanted because you wanted to try something that looked interesting and you were like, I wonder if maybe that's going to be good. And then it arrives and it stinks and you're like, I should have just ordered a burger. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that makes Saquon, you know, I ordered an appetizer as a meal and realized that was a huge mistake. You know what Daniel Jones is? The other night I went to this pub place and it has good food and it has some really, it had like, you know, it has good burgers and it even has some, you know, interesting other dishes that it does. And like, it's good, nice pub place. But I was, you know, I haven't been eating healthy and I was like, wanting something a little different than a, I was like, talk myself out of like a perfect burger that I was in the mood for, you know? And I ordered the, um, the midtown falafel, which was like, you know, it came in like a pita roll or whatever, you know, with like feta and tahini and whatever. And I was like, it sounded sort of good, but like, they weren't the play. They couldn't pull it off, you know, right. <laughs> and it came and it was super disappointing. And I was just like, there were a million other things I could have ordered, you know, and it's not even actually healthy. And, you know, it was just, everyone was unhappy. Did that, somebody, that's uh, Daniel Jones. Did somebody else at the table get a burger too? No, it wasn't oh. that bad, but okay. it was, that was like, it was that kind of order. That's Daniel Jones. Yeah. Daniel right. Jones is the Midtown Falafel at the little pub. <laughs> In Fairfield, Connecticut. The Midtown Falafel. <laughs> it oh, looked yeah. good written on a menu, but when it's placed in front of you, it's like, what is this shit? <laughs> what an idiot I am. Why did I just... Right. Uh, and yeah. you're Dave Gettleman. You went into the little <laughs> pub and said, I will take the Midtown Falafel. <laughs> like... Oh, God. Except no one paid you millions of dollars to order that. Yeah, yeah. And then you didn't get to take a little tour around the little pub as a farewell. Right, and I even, I got it with a side salad because I didn't want to have fries, so it was just like oh. a total disaster, you know? Like, oh, man, I really nothing to even salvage this. I really feel like restaurants got to get rid of the side salad option. I just don't put it on the menu. Don't ask about it. If I want it, I will request it. Right. But... <laughs> Take the option away. Don't make me feel... Like I should be getting it? Right. Just let me get fries and enjoy that. And if I decide not to do it, I will ask for an alternative. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's interesting. That's that's true. Yeah. Stop shaming me. Stop fat shaming me. Restaurants. I mean, it's interesting that we're playing the Pats in because it, it's like two teams. I'm actually very interested to see what they look like on offense, yeah, just because the Giants, Daniel Jones, and the the Patriots, because of this like, you know, ever more baffling Joe Judge. <laughs> Matt right. Patricia situation. That's like really. I was like, "What's going on?" You know, like, what are they doing over there? Um, yeah. Interested to see the Patriots this year. I mean, it's incredible, right? Yeah, they're replacing Josh McDaniels. Where even though he had his own failures as a head coach, I think everybody agrees this is just an outstanding offensive play designer and caller. <laughs> and you replaced him with maybe the two biggest embarrassments to ever come. <laughs> Out of Belichick's coaching tree. Like, worse than Eric Mangini, really. Yeah, yeah. Both right, of them. Right. I'm really int- intrigued to see what what that looks like. Um, yeah. It's terrible. I don't know. You know, you're just like not... I guess the Bark Saquon looking good is like, you know, good. and But it's, you know, it's like outside of um, Thibodeau, who looks like he could be, like he's going to be a star, right? Yeah. You're not hearing great stuff about, you know, like Tony and I, I don't know. A lot of, you know, Galladay apparently like looks terrible. Um, uh, you know, nothing's really, <laughs> nothing's really <laughs> popping at Giants camp, right? I mean, I, I you know, I, I watch those talking Giants little stories and every day it's kind of like, well. <laughs> we were here look, today. Right. <laughs> Right. Thanks to Bear Burger. But, uh, you know, it didn't look too good today. And then, like, yeah. you know, it's like the first day was like the only day there was any excitement because it was like motion. They're doing a lot of motion. motion and it's right? like, now it's like, just like, well, a bit of a slog out there today. Uh, <laughs> Wendell Robinson has looked okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's, that's good. True. Yeah. That's nice. And our tackles have looked pretty good, too. Right. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that'll be exciting. Watch our <laughs> offensive tackles this year. <laughs> we'll watch, hopefully, good tackle play. There we go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's no surprise. Like, I find myself alarmingly not that excited for this season. Yeah. I mean, like, you're I, just like... Uh, overall. Yeah, you're just ready for it to be over. I know. Right. Let's get to next... Next year's the real year. Next That's year. year. Right. We're going to have the cap room and the draft picks and the whole nine yards. Yeah, this yeah. year. God, fucking Daniel Jones, man. Remember Daniel Jones, that first preseason when, man, we were all humiliated by the pick, all thought it was bad, and then he was awesome. You know, know. just looked great. I know. And it was like, wow. And then even Pat Shermer, like, started puffing his chest about it, you know. And then he gets that first start in Tampa. And, I mean, man, couldn't have been better. Could not have looked better. And then decent rookie year. And, man, since then – what a steady decline. I know. Well, it's just like, too, I, I don't know. Because it's all it, it's all self-inflicted by the Giants, ultimately. So they draft Daniel Jones. He has a good year. And then they give him Jason Garrett for two. So yeah. much so that they convince him that, no, what he needed one year under a bad coach would be bad for his development. Let's give him two years under a terrible coach. Right. <laughs> Like, what are you doing? But then, too, it's all it all stems from just weird John Mara relationships that have nothing to do with football. 
Gettleman sucked, but he was untouchable. Garrett sucked. He was untouchable for a while. Judge, Daniel Jones, even Saquon, all of them, failure after failure after failure. But they're such good guys. Just yeah, guys. Yeah. Everybody in a building loves them. <laughs> Everyone in that building should be happy. No one's job is ever on the line, it yeah, seems yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, God, all of a sudden they fire coaches like <laughs> well, every right. year. Right, but he like hates it. He's yeah. just like, well, I don't know what else. If I don't fire the coach, I got to fire Dave. So yeah. I got to bench Daniel. Well, I can't do that. You know, like it's all just self-inflicted wounds that just keep stacking and stacking and stacking and stacking. It's just, oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. Anyway, preseason opener tonight, hey! guys. <laughs> Set your DVRs. It's going to be great. Do you remember? Because I still remember it so freshly. I remember even I was on uh, like a treadmill exercising. And you sent me a message that, that just said, I'm sorry to tell you this. They are drafting Daniel Jones. Yeah. Or I think you said the guy from Duke. Like I yeah, think, yeah. You know, back yeah. then. And I was just like, no. <laughs> and then as I'm like running on the treadmill, I start thinking, I started to get angry at you. Like I was angry at you because I was just like, I knew you were right. <laughs> I started to like, in my mind, blame you for it. <laughs> I knew it. I know. I did know it. So the so soon as I heard the rumor that they might draft Daniel Jones, I was like, that's yeah. their guy. Yep. Yeah. And then that was, that was the lesson that informed me. As soon as I read that article, floating the idea of Jason Garrett coach, it was just like, oh, okay. So they're doing that. They're that's doing it. some version of that. Yeah. 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 Right. He's going to be employed here next year. Right. Right. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. It is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Yeah. It's incredible. We are a Giants podcast. They've been practicing for two weeks. We're 20 minutes in. I have nothing else to say about them. Right. Yeah. That's not our fault. Right. There's just nothing. Uh, yeah. It's not like you want to. I don't see why anybody would want to go deep. It's like, let's see what they got. We'll see what's going on. Like, I, I mean, yeah, I think with any luck, maybe this will be the end of Daniel Jones and, and maybe he'll look good. I don't know. Maybe he'll look good tonight and we'll be singing a different tune next week. Um, but we'll maybe. see. Yeah. You know who I would like to beat this year is the Packers. I'd like to win against the Packers this year. Did you see Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers' most recent bizarre interview? Of like how he likes to do ayahuasca or whatever and yes. it like changed his life? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm all for enlightenment. Yeah. Look, I I love enlightenment. I'd like to be a more fully formed human being. But, you know, there's a way. I know. I I know. And one of the things he said that I like saw a clip of that really drove me nuts is just like, you know, they there's just this mysterious they out there are trying to push you into a camp and they're trying to divide you into one of two sides and you always have to choose left or right vaxxed or unvaxxed but you don't really have to and it's like no in some cases you do and the people who are forcing the choice between vaxxed and unvaxxed are only the unvaxxed right right they're the only ones creating the choice and the two camps that you must be in yeah yeah oh he's so obnoxious it's just like because like there's nothing wrong with it, it, yeah expanding your mind and you know having a really 
powerful experience from drugs like that. And I'm totally agree with that. It's just the way he says it as though like the rest of us, if you're not interested, you know, in this, you're, you know, you know, you're just following the, you know, fine, do whatever they tell you, drink your red wine. And (laughs) it's just like, right. So it's with such condescension that like, I can't possibly understand what he understands. And like, it's just, yeah, oh. and, and it's from that condescension, too, that he also just flat out lied and acts like, well, and then it's the media. They try and make something out of it. It's like, no, nah, I mean. No, you to... took an indefensible position and people called you on it. And you straight up lied. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I've been immunized, but really what I meant by that, like, Right, on. you knew what the hell you were doing. Right, yeah. they yeah, asked yeah. you a direct question. You lied. It wasn't like a vague answer or a work. It was a straight up lie. Because yeah. you knew everybody left that being like, all right, he's vaccinated. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, at least the um, – what's Washington now again? They have a name now, right? They're not the football team anymore? They're the commanders. That's right. They're the commanders. They, they're, you know, out of control it seems like. Carson Wentz looks awful. Oh, really? Yep. And they just fired a defensive line coach, I think. Yeah. Carson again, Wentz, I mean, God. Our offensive line coach, didn't he push somebody? He did. He did get into an altercation. <laughs> he did shove a defensive player. Not supposed to do that. No, yeah, right. We had the fight. There, that photo of the lineman getting, like, dragged out of the scrum by his right, shoulder pads. Like, nearly dead, it looked like. <laughs> yeah, Daniel yeah. Jones was just, like, looking at him. Like, yeah, it wasn't a great scene. It was yeah. a great photo, though. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Brian, have you ever heard of this guy, Donovan Mitchell? Yes. I had heard about him a while back, but I've sort of forgotten that he exists because I don't even know. It's like, what? I, we shouldn't have spent really any time on it because there's nothing to spend. I just think it's funny how long ago it seemed a certainty we were going to have him by the end of a given weekend. <laughs> and I, it's like, I don't even think about it anymore. Right. Now we're never, it's never yes, happening. Yesterday was the first time I'd actually thought about it in a while because I had been away from my phone and I came back and I saw six texts in the group chat with you and Matt. And I was like, oh, did it happen? And I like rushed to open it. Right, like, right. Oh, no, it didn't happen. No, no, it didn't. No. That shows no signs. What did, did you, uh, were you concerned about the Knicks trio losing by 13 in a pro-am game? <laughs> I was not. Did you see this? I saw it because you sent it to us. Otherwise, I don't think I'd have even been aware of it. Yes. A team with Julius Randle, Obi Toppin, and Jalen Brunson on it, (laughs) defeated by 13 points to a team with no pros. Yeah. That is like one of those things where it's like, I genuinely don't know what, if anything, to make of something like that. You know, like one, there's clearly more emphasis on these pro-ans and players scrimmages than ever before like it's not supposed to be um you know followed this closely and yet you can't help but be like what (laughs) yeah right right like did they not did they play the whole game like (laughs) were they just like literally joking around was it what was the competitive spirit of the contest like well I mean, if last year was any evidence, I can tell you what the competitive spirit was like on one end. <laughs> right, but like, 
it doesn't it also is like it's just it doesn't make you feel good you know no not at all (laughs) i think most alarming was that brunson was there right that's the most alarming thing to me because you know in that group in that trio he's got to control the ball and you'd think he'd be able to just kind of do whatever he wants against a non-nba player right i mean you would think wouldn't you think he and obi would just like I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how long, much they play, you know, whatever. Like, I, it, it probably means absolutely nothing. Um, it probably happens way more than we think. Um, although I've certainly never heard of it. So clearly certain people felt it notable. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I think you know who I blame entirely. Right, right. Julius Randall clogged yes. the toilet bowl. Probably and, did. Yeah. Probably did. Or I don't know, you know, who knows? Maybe they were just like, oh, we're only taking three pointers from the right side. That's what side. I mean, right. Yeah. Like they were, well, I'm going to shoot everything right-handed because I'm working on that part right. of my game. Or like, yeah, yeah, Obi was trying post moves because that's what he's working on and, or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, however bad it, couldn't end up be, it could end up being this year, like at least we're not the Nets. That's true. Who... I don't know. Are they going to fire Steve Nash, you think? I don't know. Like, I, I I, hate comparing, you know, player athletes to, like, me and my job or whatever. Like, but and I say this only to say that I just would love to know what it feels like to walk into, like, a meeting and just be like, my, <laughs> my two superiors need to be fired. Or I'm leaving. You know what I mean? Like, like just the feeling of that. Like how confident you have to be in yourself to be like, oh, yeah, I kept it professional. Like I just went in and like Steve and Sean need to be fired or else I'm out of here. And like, wow. I know. Especially when you made them all, you already made them fire a different guy to hire Steve Nash. Right, right. Like you want him fired. Right. And you came because of Sean Marks and the culture he'd built and the, right. the thing culture. he'd established. And then you're like, no, all these people need to go or else I'm done. <laughs> it's just amazing. Like, I mean, you know, and not he's earned the right to like, he's a good enough player to like make a demand like that. I just wonder, I just can't fathom what it feels like. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that he's earned the right. Like, I, that's this. I just think where he, he's getting into territory where it's just a bridge too far, you know. Like, did he earn the right to go wherever he wanted to go? Sure, you know. Did he earn the right to get where he was going and make certain demands to adjust the place to his liking? Yes. But when you fail like that, and he's not accountable, he's not. And I mean, not even with just like or financially, he's just not coming out to the media to say like, yes, I was the one who demanded Steve come in. It hasn't worked out. That much is on me. Like there's going to be none of that. You know what I mean? That to me is, I don't think anybody has earned that right. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess he hasn't maybe with the nets, like he hasn't actually accomplished. But I mean, I think if you look at the overall body of his career, like he's the caliber of player that can control his situation to that degree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you that he is oblivious to his own accountability 
for the situation the Nets are in, in a, in the ridiculous way. Like, right. It's all everyone else's fault. Like you have played a pivotal role in this getting to this place. So like you would think he would say he would go into Sean Marks, like, what can we do to reconstruct this? Like, <laughs> it's definitely not admirable to be like, to, to take the tack he's taking. Like, it's not, you know, it, it, it's nothing to be like applauded, I guess. Yeah. Do you think if the players or the, like say the players union had their way that, Emphasis really would just go away from teams and it would be primarily just player based, like almost like they do the all-star game now where it's like you get the league's top, however many stars, and then you kind of reset the teams as is based around, you know, what, whoever the best player on the team is and the franchises themselves, the locations are just sort of irrelevant. Like you don't even need to be geographically tied anymore. I mean, I, I don't think like anyone would go that route because the prod like the product would suffer. The product, the, the the tying of the teams to the cities and the fan bases is so much of what drives the revenue. But like you can definitely make an argument, man, that like pro sports like should be some kind of collective, right? Like yeah. the players are the product. Like so like they're you know, when, anytime you're really talking about like um, how much of the, the the money the players should keep, like there's not like owners, you know, these teams go back long time. Like none of these owners like took a financial risk to like start this league and therefore that this investment they're receiving is like justified in any way. You know what I mean? Like it's real rent seeking, like and the players so i mean they're the product they're the thing they're everything like um so i wouldn't blame them if they do feel like i can't blame them for pushing 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 on the power that they should be able to wield like lebron james has been so important to that league like he you know if he wanted to like voice an opinion on how the salary cap should be structured. Like he has every right to do that. You know, I totally agree with that. And I think LeBron is even in a different class than KD. I I guess more what I'm saying is that this player movement is exciting, but it also sucks for teams. You know, like if, I don't know, the Nets are such a weird example too, because like, who's really a Nets fan? Like get over yourself if you are. Yeah. But you know, what Kevin Durant, he has essentially burned that franchise to the ground. You know, and he's ultimately going to be forgiven for it. He's not going to face any consequence that means anything. And then you extend it out even further. Like, if you're a Laker fan, what do you feel about LeBron? Yeah, I don't like, know. You know, maybe you don't dislike him, you don't hate the guy, but is he a Laker? You, yeah, I mean... I don't know. I really don't know. Right. He won a championship there, but like, um, you know, like, I don't think they obviously don't feel about him the way they feel about Kobe. Um, of course. And yeah. understandably so not yeah. even just the talent level, just the, 
know, one's your guy, and the other one's not. Yeah, yeah. Like LeBron belongs to Cleveland. Of course, yeah, right. yeah. He, and, all right, more than Miami. Like he's Cleveland's, and what he did to Cleveland. And I think, you know, I've, we've talked about it a bunch of times. Like LeBron's career, the way he'd be remembered, would be so different if he never won that Cleveland title. Totally. He would not. You know, it changed his life. Yeah. And now, let me ask you this, too. Like, you're a Houston fan. How do you feel about James Harden now? You know? Like, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. probably hate his guts. Hate him. But how long was he there for? Yeah. But probably then when he comes back in 10 years, you're probably giving him a big ovation. Like, the time, the wounds will heal. I. He's I not getting booed know. in Houston forever. Yeah, he gave them a big forever. run. A long run. He tried to win there. It kind of collapsed. Like, Right. Well, I guess my point is more like I will be a Knicks fan for life no matter what because of Patrick Ewing. Like I would feel like I was betraying him personally if for whatever reason I didn't root for the Knicks. And that's because he never brought us a title, but he was one of ours, you know? And it's like I just think it's so hard to think of these guys that way now. Like, because anybody could get traded or thrown into a package and somebody else is making demands. I don't know. It's just, it, it, it is crazy how much just labor is covered in the NBA now. Yeah, I mean, I do think they've, they've like, messed up the, the model in the NBA that, like, these trade demands are, like, part of it. That, like, there's such an incentive for team for players to re-sign with their current teams and then force their way out, which is, like, they'd almost be better off just letting free agency play so that these players could, like, affirmatively choose where they want to go and you wouldn't have, like, like, they can't solve the problem of there's cities that are more desirable to live in than others. And, like, you know, if anything you know, allowing small market teams to outbid big market teams every once in a while is the way, you know, like, look, the yeah. Texas Rangers once upon a time, like went out and got Alex Rodriguez because yeah. they were the only ones willing to pony up the kind of money. And like, that's what you got to do. And I know that's not a small market, but it's smaller. Um, so maybe that would be better, like rather than what they have now where like, these guys, you know, they re-sign these huge, ridiculous extensions, and then they're like, I want out of here. Right, and it is true. It's the system that sets that up because you can't fault the players for saying like, all right, I'm clearly more valuable than what you're paying me, but you're going to set up this ridiculous structure, then fine, I'm going to exploit the hell out of it until you figure out a better way. And that's good. They should do that. But then figure out another way because obviously like this sucks. Yeah, it stinks. It's not good for anyone, right? And it's like uncomfortable every time. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I do think in Durant's specific case, it's just fairly egregious because of how poorly the team has performed, how much of that poor performance he's been a part of, you know, whether it's injury or just not playing any type of leadership role and, you know, an inability to like keep this thing afloat. And, and, and you know, how willing he is to just like flame a guy like Steve Nash, who's like, I know, you know, on your level as a player, like this, he's a two time MVP. Like you're just like, you have no respect for him. You're just like fire him or else. Like right, he's got to go. Right. Um, is, is kind of bizarre. So I don't know. Meanwhile, you're the one who brought in Kyrie. 
Yeah, handpicked. And then Kyrie, like, he still wants to stay there or what? Like, what's right. going on there? He's like, I'm happy here. I'm fine. <laughs> and Ben Simmons is like, what? What's right. he doing right now? I don't know. They're so weird. Right. God I think. Almighty. I think those three, you know, Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, they got to get on a plane out to Green Bay sometime this fall, and they got to do peyote with Aaron Rodgers. And right, oh god, just get all the all the all wisdom, the, the vibes out there, you the know? wisdom of the ancients <laughs> that they will share with us all. Yeah, I'm surprised Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie Irving aren't better friends that we know. Right. About. I would. They'd make a good hang, probably. Yeah. 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 Smoke right. some good grass and really get into it. How everybody else is an idiot. Yep. Except yep. for them. Yeah. <laughs> Except for them, and both of them are victims of being driven into, like, some sort of divisive situation. Like Kyrie, it's like there's two camps. The Earth is round. The Earth is flat. Like, right. They, they force you. you yeah. And one of the, take one of those sides. Like. <laughs> oh man. Well. Speaking of being forced to choose sides, Brian, Joe Manchin chose a side. He did. He did. Look at these Dems. Passing bills left and right. Solving the climate crisis. (laughs) Raising taxes. Bringing inflation down. Joe Biden. Uncle Joe. Sleepy Joe. Joe Finding his groove. Thank you, Brandon. Here we go. Are you sharing dark Brandon memes on your Instagram? <laughs> no, but I should. Yeah. I mean, is it real, Brian, or is it a mirage? I don't know. I like. I, look, I'm like to the my politics are to the left of Joe Biden and the Democratic leadership. So, like, I'm not saying that they, you know, uh, have done a perfect job or everything's great or um anything to that effect i will say though that i think it's hard to argue that their theory of the case uh, like the argument they made in the 2020 election i think they have proven that out right like you have to go out and vote in georgia get us these senators like i think they've delivered on the promise of 2020 like if you vote for us we will do X, Y, and Z, and it will be better than, and if you're a left liberal, per, like if, if you're even lefter than that, like we understand it, but vote for us because we can deliver this and it's much better than you. Like, don't you think that that bar has been cleared? Like, I think that climate bill was a pretty big deal. Like, um, and then when you consider like inflation is starting to come down, they got, um, there was like one of the largest veterans increases pay and, in, you know, whatever a generation, the initial rescue package had a lot of good things in it. Um, I think like to be fair, they have done that. Yeah, I think you're right. I had, I, I, until just now, I haven't looked at it from that perspective, but it's such a good point. For what they promised in 2020, they have delivered that. I just wasn't that thrilled about 2020's promise. Right. You know? <laughs> now, what's weird to me, Brian, is you say that you're to the, your politics are to the left of Joe Biden's. But it's my understanding that Joe Biden is a radical left Democrat. 
So for you to be to the left of such a radical left Democrat, what does that make you? Right. You just a, a full on commie or what's going full on here? Full on socialist. Yes. But no, I think you're right. It just I missed it because I wasn't necessarily thrilled with the promise of 2020. But I do think they have delivered. I guess what's sort of hard to believe about it is just how sudden and weird it was. It just seemed like we were in the same stalemate for two years. And then with no warning whatsoever, it just totally changed. Poof. Yeah. Yeah. What happened to Joe Manchin? Did he get set up? Like, did he get a horse head in his bed? What, what happened? I don't know. I mean, you got to just, I think the, I think it just came down to like, they got to run on something. Like they just didn't have much to run on, yeah. you know, like, and I think he was maybe convinced that inflation um, is starting to come down and that they could pass this at the time it started to peak, that the timing of that would be doubly good because the some of the you know, there is deflationary pressure in this bill that like should help not immediately, but whatever. Um, and so those two things together, they could finally start to like head into the midterms with a message of like, okay, now we've got abortion, the card that they can play. Hey, look at the economy, you know, COVID now we've really turned the corner there. Um, like if they can start with these boosters in September, which it sounds like is part of the plan, you know, going into the midterms with the abortion hammer, you know, another vaccination push, um, inflation starting to come down, gas prices, most importantly, starting to come down, which is really all we're talking about most of the, for, for, the, for most so people. Um, job market's still humming along. Hey, major deal on the climate. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a path to like the midterms not being a total slaughter. Well, and that's the key. And I think because you texted me about this the other day, credit where credit is due to the Dems. I did not see any of the things that they've accomplished recently coming. So I'm floored by that. But are they going to run on it? I don't even care about the results. I mean, I obviously I care about the results, but it's just about, are you going to run a campaign that fearlessly campaigns on this? Are you going to run away from abortion? Are you going to, you know, because I'm worried they're going to do that too. Just yeah. be like, well, don't talk about it because, you know, so there's some people who don't want abortion. Right. They don't vote for you. Yeah, yeah. But do you think January 6th, the hearings and Liz Cheney have had an impact on Democrats? Do you think it's opened any eyes in the party to be like, oh, you know, we can't actually say things that people don't like about their party and you know survive i mean i definitely think it's helped because it's kept the negative of the republicans and trump in the in the consciousness so it, it then it plays in like i really do at some point like is it not gonna hit home to like enough people that like come on i mean i'm no like the democrats do everything right but like the country is better run when they're in charge like yes. it's just couldn't be more obvious like <laughs> responsible decision making takes like you know what i mean like yes well and it's just <laughs> i think the veterans thing was an excellent way of just really exposing how much the gop has no actual priorities or agenda other than make everything worse as long as the people that we actually care about are protected Wait, say that again. Like, I just think, you know, 
the veterans, a veteran bill that, you know, and John Stewart roasting Ted Cruz was so yeah. good at exposing the actual Republican platform is just don't make anything better if you can make things worse. And even when we're in power, just make sure we insulate and protect the people that are actually matter and let everybody else just, you know, fight for their lives. Like yeah. that's really, that's their whole thing. And so they stand in the way of literally everything. And, you know, they pretend to care about the military and veterans, but only in a way that they get to look tough. If it doesn't make them look tough, then screw them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Forget it. Who cares? Yeah, you know? yeah. We're not going to do anything for them. Like, we're just going to use them when it serves our purposes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, it's just, it's not even really a question. And what do you think about the raid on Mar-a-Lago? Do you think that's going to backfire on Democrats? I mean, I just can't. It's just what's, it's one of those things that's so frustrating about it is like the how immediate everybody's like, this could really backfire on the Democrats. Like, well, it could certainly backfire on Trump too, right? Like if he say goes to prison for crimes he committed, like I would think that might hurt him in the polls. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why isn't the frame like another disastrous day for the Republicans as Trump is his home is raided by the FBI? Like he must be doing something really terrible for them to like barge in there, like how it immediately is like, Oh, I don't know the Democrats that maybe they're overreaching. It's like, they're not doing anything. What should they have done? Like right. should Biden Let him have, commit crimes? Right. Call down to the FBI and say, don't do it. Like that's not, that that's, that's not allowed either. He can't do that. Like he can't get involved in that way. So like, what are they supposed to do? Uh, <laughs> well, also it's just like, the the GOP also always threatens retaliation. Like, well, now we're going to do it to you. Like, do what? <laughs> like, you know. Right, do what? Uh, uh, like, hold us accountable when we commit right. crimes? Like, okay. Apply for a legal search warrant, have it, receive it from a judge, and then search? Like, what are you talking about? Right, and right. Somebody else made this joke on Twitter, but it's like, you know, there were some tweets going around. Well, imagine if the FBI can do that to a former president, what can they do to you? They already could have done that to me. Right. They can I'm do just it. not suspected of any crimes. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> That's it. Right. I mean, they already think of what they can do to you. Like that. The, yeah. And the idea that he shouldn't be able to do it to an ex president. Why? Why can't it be done to him? He's right. committed lots of crime. <laughs> right. Also like, you know, the whole, and that's the other thing to think about the whole Kavanaugh thing. Well, after that, then I realized we had to get back at the Democrats. Like, I'm sorry, what did the Democrats do again? Right. Asked a future Supreme Court justice about allegations of sexual assault that were legitimate? Yeah. Oh, look out. Better not do that ever again. I, right. I mean, again, yeah. Like, and also they're going to do it when they have yes. just the thinnest way yes they're going to impeach like well actually look like they haven't been able to one i guess they don't have power but like right. so maybe if they control the senate or the congress they would probably start impeachment proceedings on biden for something yeah um i'm sure they'll gin up something but like so what <laughs> right i mean right like joe biden and hunter have to make some plans about where hunter's gonna live because as soon as republicans get power again they're gonna arrest oh him. yeah yeah right yeah. right <laughs> But also, like, if Hunter Biden has committed crimes, 
charge him with crimes. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any protection for Hunter Biden. Like, well, but that's the problem, though, is that I think like the Democrats, one of their faults to a degree is that like. They're, someone has to commit a crime before they're going to sick the DOJ on you. Yeah, yeah. Republicans don't appear to hold themselves to that standard. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, I like, I just don't think the raid, like, it's not a political thing. Like, it's a law enforcement issue. And, like, there was nothing the Democrats could even do about it, like, if they wanted to. Like yeah. the FBI decided this was necessary in the purpose, you know, in how they do their work. And, you know, like if and it's like if Republicans want to have a conversation about limiting the power of the FBI, like Democrats should be like, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I'm happy to do it. Like if these types of raids, if we want to get rid of them, like let's talk about it. <laughs> also, you got a lot of people out there who I think sometimes they respond to law enforcement overreach by saying, well, if the guy never committed a crime, it'd be fine. So right, don't commit right. crimes. And it's just like, you know, if Trump could have just not taken those documents or returned them when they were requested, maybe this wouldn't have happened. And the consequences, we think, are far less than they are for most regular people who run afoul of the law and have an overly aggressive law enforcement after them. Yeah. It must be pretty extreme, right? Like right i just don't you know what could he what what were they after like because it does seem weird that it's just like he didn't turn them over to the national archives like that's it like that law yeah that's it that's still you're not allowed to do that and it's so easy to fix i could i mean look i personally would have no issue with it if it was like you you shouldn't have taken those you could have sent them back you decided to be a dick and so maybe somebody decided, all right, fine, we're going to fuck with you. Right, we're going right. to send some people to your house and scuff the place up a little bit and take back what's ours. Like, that would happen to me, I bet. Right. But I don't think that's what's happening. Like, I do think it must be, like, important materials or classified documents or something that, like, they really feel like, right? And I, I think so. I do agree with you. I'm saying even if it's not, even yeah, if it, yeah. it comes out that it really was just about getting benign documents back to the National Archives, to that I say, so what? Then why didn't Trump return them? Why did he take them to begin with? Right. What's he doing with them? <laughs> you know? It's either he's doing something nefarious with them or he's just being a dick. He's not like, I want to get deeper into this issue so that I have a fuller understanding about it so that I can then, you know, give a position on it. That's not right. doing that. With he's the probably covers, covering his ass on something terrible. Like, right. and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, but didn't, wasn't there like a raid like this on Giuliani not like a while back? And yeah. He, like, when well, is that guy getting charged with crimes? Like, these things take so damn long. Like, I know. Is that guy going to get face the music or what i hope so yeah i have no idea though i think he should have been arrested at the four seasons press conference to tell you the truth right i mean i just think the idea that the democrats did anything wrong here i don't know what they're supposed to do like right no like the fbi comes to them is like we have evidence of a crime like a judge is like yes go it's it's you have my blessing there's plenty of evidence here FBI wants to conduct this operation. Like, 
you really want the Democrats to say, no, no, it'll, it'll make too many Republicans upset. It'll look bad. Don't do it. Like that can't, that can't, we can't have that as the system. Like that can't work either. Also, I just don't understand if, if you're, you know, Charlie Midwest sitting in somewhere in Ohio, you're like a mid-level manager somewhere. You make a pretty good living. You're not rich. You're not poor. You're doing okay. Your politics are center right. And you see that that happened and you think, well, man, I'm next. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, right. they could do it to me too. <laughs> they did it to Trump. Right. What? What are you talking about? I know. They're not they coming are. after you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if they were, they already were allowed to they do it. They already that. could they do it. Have. They right. did it. They do it to people all the time. All the time. Brutally. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's so silly. <laughs> if they it could do it to no Trump. Sense. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> I just would be so curious to know, like, how these things would go if the first instinct of the media was like another bad day for the Republicans as Trump is like under, you know, like. That's just why isn't that the frame? Yeah, I don't know, because it's some bananas world we live in. Yeah, it's always like, oh, this could backfire. Like, okay, I guess could be bad news for them. (laughs) Right. Seems nothing, like bad news for him. Nothing is ever bad news for them because they never own anything. Right. They don't feel anything about it. Yeah. Right. Democrats are the only ones who ever experience bad news because of this insane insecurity they have whenever they do their jobs. Yeah. Like, oh, we gave everybody health care, but the website had trouble on the first day. Just run away from it. Run away. <laughs> oh, God. Well... We'll see. I think I, I am hopeful that for the first time in a long time that maybe things are looking up if they could hold on to power here. At least yeah. keep the house, you know, like keep one lever. If they had two of the three, uh, that'd be pretty good. Yep. Yeah. One lever. <laughs> one lever. Right. Two thinking. levers. Right. We need two, yeah. two out of the four or whatever it is. Uh, all right, Brian. Hopefully next week we'll have something positive about the giants to talk about maybe they'll look good maybe go, they will go get them right maybe <laughs> daniel jones is gonna joe mansion us right maybe right yeah that'd be nice yeah it would be probably right. not <laughs> definitely not <laughs> almost certainly not <laughs> see everybody next week